Today on the No City on the Sideline Dad Podcast, episode number five three. We're talking about the power of the voice and how important is it with my guest and my conversation with Tracy Goodwin from CaptivatingTheRoom.com. Next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Welcome to the episode of No Sitting on the Sideline Dad Podcast. Hey, my name is Joe, and I want to say thank you for being here and taking time to listen. I know as a dad and a parent, we had a crazy busy about our time and we are busy. We're busy people. It means a lot. And this is the first time. Welcome. This is a podcast about having a conversation. I mean, me and you. Hey, I want to, I'm talking to you or I'm talking to my guests and maybe things that I think might be interesting and helpful for you and, and help me or you on our journey of being a better person, of being a better dad, being a better mom. This week, my guest, Tracy Goodwin from the CaptivatingTheRoom.com and also the podcast. We're going to talk about the power of the voice and why it's so important. My guest, Tracy Goodwin been coaching for over 28 years, helping people like TV actors, entrepreneurs, and business leaders find their voice. You know, the power of voice is so important. It can say a lot about you. What I mean is your voice can say if you're confident or not confident. Even as parents, what we say to our kids now can later affect them in life with their voice. They could be shy, less confident. So my interview with Tracy still a lot of good information. So let's jump right in. Today on the podcast, my guest, Tracy Goodwin from Captivating the Room. Dot com, where Tracy helps people discover their true voices and most important job is being a mom to her son. Welcome to the podcast, Tracy. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Joe. It's great to be here. I, I got to ask the question. How important is the voice? Oh, my gosh. The voice is the most powerful tool we have. It is the most important. Of course, I am, you know, I am a little biased, but science will back me up on this, how important the voice is. Is it different ways to, like, discover your voice? What's the ways of doing it? Well, now, do you mean, like, I'm guessing that you mean, like, your real voice. Like, I talk about your real voice, getting your voice out. Is that what you mean? I think that's what you mean. Yeah, exactly what I mean. What, yeah, yeah. Your real voice, because I, I, I think it has so much impact on your life. It, it impacts everything, Joe, and I love that you get it because it's kind of the last thing that people, a lot of people think about sometimes, but my method is very, very different. Well, I think it's quite different. It's called psychology of the voice. So to answer your question, my belief is based on, I've been doing this 28 years, that we lay in our voice story, I call it, by our experiences. So let's say somebody tells you to shut up when you're five. Chances are good that you're going to meet me when you're 40 because you've locked your sound down because the subconscious mind goes to protect your heart. The voice is the orchestra of the heart. So it affects the voice. So I deal in muscle memory, Joe. I believe that a lot of people's voices are locked down and just because of the way they've been doing it forever. And so I work in muscle memory. It's kind of like gem for the face. I basically reshape how the voice comes out. 
Now that's my approach, but there's a lot of different voice methodologies. And I even work with a number of the, you know, the purists. I'm not a purist. I'm kind of a mutt. I take a little, I take a little of this and a little of that, but you know, that's kind of how I roll. But so there's lots of different ways, but that's my way of going about it. What's interesting is like when you're a little kid and you don't think about like, I got to, what we think about as parents, I know you're also a parent yourself. What I say to my kid is what is going to affect them later down the road. So, I mean, I always want to encourage them. I don't want to tell them to shut up, but I, I didn't realize that played into that. My research, in fact, so I'm getting ready to do a documentary. I've never done one before, but I'm doing a documentary on my years and years and years of research and my own story about what happens to our voices and how they shut down and when we don't feel heard. And literally, everybody I've worked with can trace it back to their childhood, maybe some just like high school, but words were spoken to them, and it literally shut them down because what it said to them was, your words don't matter to me. Your voice doesn't matter. So I, that's the that's what I, I just believe 100%. Is there any way to some, like, like, I mean, any way you, you can get through that? Like, in a sense, I mean, try to be find our voice any tips on that well you know i think i think knowledge is power joe i think most people come to me and they they can't quite figure out why they can't get their voice out and these are smart people successful people and so i think that just the fact of me saying well here's the thing you wrote this story a long time ago based on what somebody else said i think that alone that knowledge of oh wait a minute yeah i remember you know, the neighbor down the street told me to shut up when I was five. I didn't have to shut up. So I think that alone is a great, great start. And then I think the second piece is knowing that your voice matters. I don't care what anybody says. Everybody's voice matters because everybody has a message. Our voice is our identity. Chris, I never thought of it that way. I mean, I never thought of that being an identity because we go around every day talking to people and, and you, you want to express what you have to say, but sometimes you're just afraid what the other person's going to think. Yes. Eaten up with judgment. Eaten up with judgment. The majority of the people that I work with, they're perfectionist and they want to get the words just right. Very, very smart. And, you know, I give me one person on earth, Joe, that is not concerned about what other people think. I mean, I think that a lot of us overcome that, and it's such a very, very important thing to do. But when it comes to the voice, the minute we open our mouth, truly we're subjecting ourselves to judgment. I mean, you might like the New York Giants, and I like the New York Jets. But I, I tell you that. The minute that comes out of my mouth, I, I could have conflict. You might not like me anymore. And it bottom lines with we're afraid that people are going to leave us. So we train ourselves to just not use our voice or to agree or to just, uh, you know, just kind of let it go. And then we start running into problems because we lose it. You know, if you let, if you don't say what you need, you know, my tagline is speak your truth, just do it beautifully. And there's so many people that don't even use their voice exactly what you're talking about. It's um, all interesting, too. I mean, we were talking about your, um, I know a little bit about your story about your mom. You were growing up and you didn't speak. Does that take any, um, any play in what you do now and how you go about 
Are you teaching other people about their voice? <laughs> I think it's the most ironic thing in my entire life. I did not set out to be a voice coach, but it was clearly my life work. And just, I know you know a little bit about my story, but I was raised in a family where I wasn't virtually allowed to speak. I I, it's not like I was silenced completely, but there was no saying no. There was no expressing needs, wants, desires, goals, dreams, nothing, nothing. Just sit there, be quiet, and look good. And that was exceptionally damaging to me. I went into adulthood not able to use my voice, not able to set boundaries. And as a result of that, now this part of my story, I don't think you know, I was in a play my freshman year in college and the guy that was playing opposite of me, he kept hitting me and slapping me in the play, adding all this stuff in and I couldn't use my voice to make it stop. And I ended up getting a broken nose and, and, and this, that, and the other. And, this, and I went to the director and I said, is there, you know, it took me everything I had to muster up the courage to use my voice because, see, I'd never been able to use it. I went to the director and I said, is, is there any way he could not hit me anymore? And she said, listen, you've chosen a profession in which you must suffer for your art. And if you can't, I'll replace you. And the result of that, Joe, I started talking like this. So I changed universities, and the head of the acting program, the first thing she said to me was, your voice is horrible. We've got to put you in training. And that training, when I was 18 years old, which was a long time ago, is the foundation of what I teach today. It was my purpose from the beginning, and I just, I, I ran from it, actually. I couldn't imagine how I was supposed to be a voice coach when I was raised in a family where I wasn't allowed to use my voice. But that was the very thing. It must have really took a damage, I mean, damaging to your self-confidence. Oh, oh. <laughs> there was no self-worth. There was none. You know, when everything, when every time you open your mouth, you're silenced. You know, it kind of goes back to that thing I said. We, the way we express ourselves is who we are. And, uh, and when you've been silenced, and I've met so many people that, have similar stories in some ways, you know, that children are to be seen and not heard or, you know, narcissistic parents or just in general, you know, just plain out emotional abuse. But yeah, it, it was, it took a long time to work through that, to unravel that because I didn't even see it for years. I was a successful speaker. I was an award-winning speaker and an award-winning actress. How could there be a problem here? There was a huge problem because I was always on. You know, and I could, when it came down to me setting a boundary with somebody and saying, hey, that's not okay. That was me. And that goes back to that fear of judgment thing. I couldn't do that. I could be on in front of the camera, but I couldn't say, please don't do that. So yeah, it's been a journey. And I, like I said, I never would have picked it, but oh my gosh, do I love the work that I do. Is there any way, any, anything you could like give me suggestions, any uh, ideas that if somebody wants to um, buy their voice or build their confidence, any tips you can get? I think that uh, probably the first thing I would say, because the people that probably need the most confidence are, are 
are looking to find their voice are the ones that are not using their voice. And so the first thing I could probably say is, yeah, this is going to require courage. It's going to require bravery. But that courage and bravery will completely set you free. So you have to start using your voice. You know, it's just like anything. It's like if I want to learn, if I want to be play golf, mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go out to the driving range at some point and just see how bad I am at swinging, right? Yep. You know? So it's the same thing. It's like, where can you start? Where can you start? Who is safe to say, you know, to start talking to? Who, you know, what, uh, you're going to do a, you want to do videos on YouTube or you want to do live streams. Do the first one. Keep it small. But you'll never get to the other side unless you start using your voice. And by putting your voice out there, you're you're going to build your confidence. But as long as you keep it in and keep thinking about how you want to do it, that's not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get you the result that you want. Well, it's interesting. We were both doing this interview for this podcast. And um, it just put my voice, like, if you put your voice out there, your podcast, I put my voice out there and build that confidence. I, I remember that, that episode one, I was scared out of my mind. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm talking like, I'm trying to get things out and say, really? But I'm like, as I, so I get further down the road, more interviews, I get more comfortable speaking to people. Yeah. And, um, and if you can see my hands are not drawn on video, but my hands are moving like crazy when I'm, <laughs> I'm it right now because I'm getting into the conversation. And it's and in my voice, it, it builds self-confidence. And it, yeah. it's also a, a good segue because my son sees it. I'm, I'm setting an example for him that it's okay to use his voice and see daddy what he's doing. Absolutely. And, you know, you've got to start somewhere. And I think mindset is part of it. I remember working with a woman one time. She was terrified of public speaking. Like she wanted to quit her job because she was asked to do presentations. And I worked with her and I worked with her and I worked with her. And she couldn't let go of the of the fear, the mindset. You have to be willing to try. You know, there was so much resistance. It was really hard to get a shift there. It was almost like there was so much safety in that. But when it's just like anything. When you get to the other side of something, you look back and you're like, wow, that wasn't so bad. And, you know, something else I tell people that your listeners might like, if people are afraid to use their voice, this is what I tell them to do. Make a list of everything you're afraid of. Well, I'm afraid they're going to think I sound dumb. They're going to, I'm going to sound terrible. I don't know what I'm talking about. And then look at that list and ask this question to everything on that list. Ask the question, is this true? And you're going, they'll find that the majority of the answers are no. That's not true. <laughs> Check them off the list. And the ones that have yeses by them, because they might get some yeses, what can you do to change that? What is an action step you can do to change it? But the majority of those answers are going to be no, but we get caught up in that. Oh, I sound terrible. Oh, I, I can't do this. Oh, you know, next week. Next week, baby. How about tonight? You know, do it now. And it will change everything when you do. It's um, it's it's very interesting, and um, I was thinking thinking about it for a second while you're talking about that. And you, we're both parents and stuff like that. And you have a son. Yeah. How is what's a good way to encourage our kids? Or my like your kid or my kids? How how do that? How is a good way to encourage them? 
funny, you know, I love it. You said something earlier and it kind of made me smile because, you know, shut up was never allowed. I never used that word. I mean, that was my background and with what I teach, you know, that was never in my home. But, you know, I did a lot of things different when with my son, a lot of things different than, you know, it, it, there was none of this. Well, how come? Because I said so. Stop talking. Look good. Leave me alone. There wasn't any of that. And so I always created a safe space for him to express himself and encourage him to express himself. And I think that part of that happened, of course, because of my story and my work. But my response is I think about responding versus reacting. <laughs> because if I react, what did you, what, that's where that's where the loop starts. So I respond. I have conversations with him. And as a result of that, you know, I think he's uh, he goes to a small school. I feel like I may be the only parent with a 16-year-old that tells me what's going on. Because all the other parents say, I never know what's going on. Well, he tells me everything. We have conversations. We, I respond, not react. That's a good way of thinking about it. I mean, because... Um I'm, how old is your son again? He's 16 now. 16. They don't want to talk to parents. They know everything. Uh, That's right. My, my son's four and a half, and he's, our, he's four and a half going on 30. I think he'd be a great lawyer because he always wants to argue with me. Oh, I want to meet him. <laughs> I want to meet him. And, you know, I'm not perfect. I'm not saying, well, I never raised my voice and I never uh, reacted, you know, went, you know, I'm not saying that. I have. But I'm real aware of it because we don't necessarily think about the recoil from them. We're in the moment. You know, we're caught up in the moment. What do you mean you threw the golf balls down the toilet or, you know, whatever it is that has just happened. But we've got to pause and take in a breath so that we respond rather than react because it's that reaction. It's that shut up that shuts things down. I mean, I, I can experience the last last time he was over, um, and he, and I I got angry with him. I was just kind of tired, kind of tired, and I and I got sippy with him, and I said something, and 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 I saw his reaction, and and I should have had a conversation instead of going get sippy with him. And usually that that wasn't normally me. Yeah. And he, he and, I, and I and I can see that I kind of oh, broke the trust, but you know he's like oh like you can see the reaction from him, and it wasn't it wasn't good. So I I kind of try to use my words. In a, in a way, because I know growing up, I got the shut up. Kids know, you know, I got the same. Yeah. And I, I don't want to be that parent. Well, I don't think any of us do. I think we're all trying to do our best. But you know something I did? And, and like I say, there's been times, and tone can be just as damaging as words. Because my son, tone is more damaging. He's real sensitive to tone, interestingly enough. But when, and when I do, I always immediately come back in. And own it. You know what? I that that sounded snippy, didn't it? I'm so I'm I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. You know, I do a lot. I, I've done that a lot when I just because in the heat of the moment, sometimes you do just what? You know, uh, or in the car, you're driving, you're cooking dinner and doing five things at once. But I always like to circle back and say, you know what? I didn't. I didn't mean to snap at you. That wasn't about you. That wasn't about you. And I think just that phrase alone, that wasn't about you owning it, owning that mom's a little frazzled or dad's a little frazzled, that 
changes things. It's just, it's just interesting, the power of our voice and the power of words, how it can change things, make it a good situation or a bad situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, what's curious also, too, I mean, I know you offer some services about voice coaching and stuff like that. I was kind of curious if you want to go through that, it would be kind of interesting. Well, I mostly work with people one-on-one, but I'm kind of shaking things up in 2018, and, you know, the best laid plans of mice and men always, you got to try to figure out what it is your people want. I always do one-on-one sessions. I'm working on a small group. A lot of people think, oh, I don't want to do voice coaching in a group, but it's actually really, really, really powerful. So I've got a small group that I'm launching out in February. I did a really successful voice on camera course. I ran that all last year. So I'll do that again. But I'm doing this documentary, so, I, so I've got to kind of work that in as well. But that, that's pretty much that's pretty much my offering. Because if anybody was interested in, in voice coaching and stuff like that, I and then they can watch your YouTube videos or listen to your podcast. And yeah. Get it. But I, I think it would be very helpful for somebody to find their voice. And, well, it's like um, – Wrapping up, final thoughts, where they can find you. What your final thoughts? Maybe what you think about finding voices, maybe leave it a tip. Well, I think that, you know, and I may have already said this, I'm not sure, but I think that the final tip is know that you are someone's answer. I think we kind of run around, a lot of us, a lot of people, thinking, oh, just what I have to offer. I'm just, a lot of people even think I'm a problem. Everybody is somebody's answer. And somebody's waiting out there for you to be their answer. Just one voice gives people, everybody, the courage to then use their voice. So we kind of have this mission, this obligation. And so think about that. Think about, hey, wait a minute, you're an answer. You've got a story. You've got knowledge. You've got experience. So whatever it takes, go back to that courage, muster up that courage, and start to use your voice because somebody's waiting for you out there. Well, um, and that's um, very, that's important. That's very important. Yeah. And they can find you at? CaptivateTheRoom.com. All right, Tracy, thank you very much. All the things will be in the show notes today, and I want to thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Well, I'll start this episode. I want to thank you for joining me on the No City on the Sideline Dad podcast. Hey, I want to thank Tracy Goodwin for being the guest on the podcast. You can find more about her podcast and her, all the services and coaching things she does over at CaptivatingTheRoom.com. You can find all the show notes and links over at NoSittingOnTheSideline.com slash 53. Please comment on the podcast. All comments to improve the podcast, really. If you have something to say, if you know it's negative or positive, at least please keep it in constructive. Please, please reach out. Leave a comment, too, like in the conversation about, you know, the voice or anything else you want to talk about. Also, if you have a chance, head over to Apple Podcasts or any of your podcast apps and leave a review. You know, it'll help in the rankings. You can find more about me or all my contribution for social media and stuff at nocityonthesideline.com slash contact. Before I leave there, actually, final thoughts. Um, usually I say something in the end, and then I think I'm going to do a quote today from Maya Angelou. And sums up what we'll be talking about, the voice. There's no greater agony than bearing the untold story inside you. So don't keep your voice, do not keep your voice silent. It's important. Until next time, take care. God bless. See ya. 
for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media.